Hey friends, and welcome to the first day of spring. Woohoo! It's been like the longest winter ever. And with the weather finally giving us a nice change of pace, believe me, I'm here for it all. Now, this week's show is big. I'm talking major, like the big leagues. Like, have you ever heard of a little company called Disney? Yes, the same ones who brought us all of our favorites, like Toy Story, Frozen, all the princesses, and even Moana. So, you're right. Maybe they're not so little. <laughs> well, Disney just released their latest animated movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. And I got a chance to sit down with the filmmakers, two of the smartest and nicest women you may ever want to meet. Now, the filmmakers are people who come together to make the movie. And in every movie, there are always lots of contributors. But with Disney movies, I learned there are up to 500 people working on a project for years. Whoa, that's insane. I interviewed Miss Emiko Sisolia, who is a voiceover actress and a cultural consultant for the correct portrayal of the people of Southeast Asia. And I also interviewed Miss Kaliko Hurley, who has served in Disney production, story development, PR and publicity on Frozen 2. Moana, and now Raya. Our interview is both insightful and inspiring. If you like Disney movies, or if you ever thought about becoming an actor, animator, or some other type of storyteller, or if you just want to tap into your creative side, trust me, this show is for you. So don't go anywhere. See you in a second. Welcome to All Things Madison, the podcast exclusively for kids, sure to tickle your funny bone while learning something new at the same time. You'll hear from talking bears, laughing unicorns, and farting sloths. <clears throat> Excuse me, announcer lady, but it ain't that kind of show. Are you sure? Um, yes. I'm the producer. That's the thrifty little diva show you're talking about. You know, the other one. Okay then, on that note... Here's your host, Madison Lauren, and her dad. <clears throat> oh, right. Uh, let's see here. And her super smart, <laughs> hilariously funny, best of best dads, Mr. Durante Smith. <laughs> Please enjoy the show. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to my show. This is my second season, and it's going to be hype. This show is all about making boring stuff fun. We journey behind the scenes of some of the places you love to visit, like museums, zoos, stadiums, plays, and more. We talk to famous people you would want to meet, like authors, social media influencers, YouTube stars, actors, astronauts, and more. We explore topics that kids want to talk about, like climate change, deep sea diving, how to read a book super fast, or even what life is like on the moon. And we have cool rap songs, jokes of the day, and funny skits that will make you literally laugh out loud. <laughs> oh yeah, and the show is produced by my dad, the goofball you might hear from time to time, and supported in part by Kids Listen. And we kindly ask you support our advertisers, as is how I make a few dollars that contributes to my college fund. I know, shameless plug, right? <laughs> if you would like to be a sponsor... Or contributing patron, reach out to us at smith.devante at gmail.com. Okay, now on to the show.
All right, friends, I'm about to share the interview with you. But before I do, I thought I'd let you know my dad is accompanying me on this one. Hey, everyone. Um, I feel a little weird sitting here with you, Madison. I know. It's been a while since you've been on the mic. Right, Daddy? What? Daddy? Did you just call me Daddy? <laughs> it's been so long. Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, Daddy? We talked about this, remember? I'm growing up. I'm about to turn nine. Oh, yes, I know. Where does the time go? Daddy, pull yourselves together while national TV. <laughs> We're on TV? Oh, my podcast, but you know what I mean. Yes, yes, okay. I'm good now. As I was saying, my dad is helping out on the interview this week. In all seriousness, I'm happy to have him back. It's good to be back. And you guys are in for a treat. Yep, and now for the interview with Caligo and Amigo on Riot and the Last Dragon. And a little more. Good afternoon, Amigo. Good afternoon, Caligo. Thank you for taking the time to join me on my show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Madison. I know our time is short, so we'll jump right in. My dad told me this is your first time interviewing together for the release of the movie, Ryan and the Last Dragon. I thought that was really cool. So, how did you ladies meet? Kaliko, you want to start? Yeah, well, I, I work at Walt Disney Animation Studios. I'm a community relations manager there. And I have the privilege of working with our content and our films and our cultural inspiration that um, that inspire our, the making of our films. And so I had the privilege of meeting Emiko during the making of Raya and the Last Dragon. Emiko, um, I think at the time, had already uh, was a part of the team, uh, became our Southeast Asia Story Trust, and was recently in Bali with our filmmakers during their research trip. Wow. So you guys actually traveled to go and, I guess, get the authentic experience to convey that in the story, is that what you're saying? Yeah, every Disney animation film begins in research. And we take about, you know, five years, give or take, sometimes more, sometimes fewer years. But we really wow. need to immerse ourselves in the world because everything in animation is built from scratch. And so that gives us the opportunity to go to the places that inspire us and connect very deeply to people from the communities um, that our characters are also inspired by. So I'm, I felt grateful to have been able to work with Emiko um, as much as we have over the past year. Amiko, you've been in the project longer. So it sounds like you were more immersed in the experience then as the project kind of came along. Would that be correct? Well, we had different roles. We had very different roles, actually. But we were, um, I was really glad we got to interact a lot. Um, so Calico does a lot of it. Calico, you'll have to explain more what you what you do, because there's so many facets of what Calico does within um, Disney. And I was working specifically with Raya and the Last Dragon as a cultural and story consultant. Okay. So when they were doing research, um, they wanted to plan a trip to Southeast Asia. And I had the good fortune to be able to help plan the trip that was going to Bali, Indonesia. 
Um, that's where my husband is from. My father was from Indonesia and I am an Indonesian dancer and singer and musician. So Indonesian culture is really, really close to my heart and part of my life. So I was excited because it was amazing. I mean, you can imagine it's like a dream come true. Like there's a team of people from Disney who want to go to your home. It was like so amazing. So I was really excited to be able to go with the team to see a temple ceremony, be part of a temple ceremony, see dances. They studied music there and met my teachers and my family there. Um, And then when we came back, I worked very closely with a lot of the animators and the people who were working on story. Um, Because, you know, Indonesians or Southeast Asians, we have different, a different way of looking at the world, different values sometimes. And so there was a lot of care taken to make sure that this film really reflected those values and wasn't imposing something else on just like a Southeast Asian scenery. So I really appreciated that a lot. It took a lot of work, uh, but I feel very good about the story. I feel like it's a story I would tell my own kids Um, And it feels like it's something that my uh, parents and my ancestors passed on to me. Okay, this is a lead into our next question. So as we all know, the world has been turned upside down. And I read an article um, recently about the collaborative process, which is really what you're talking about, right? Between the filmmakers Mm -hmm. and the studio and everything that goes into that. So then how do you guys work through something like COVID? Because if you're looking at it, COVID basically shut down everything, shut down the studios. But my my understanding is you guys still had to kind of figure out a way to make it work. Like you still had to communicate outside of the studios and still be connected in that collaborative process. So how how does that work? And you mentioned, uh, Coleco, that it takes five years of research sometimes to put a film together, which I know most kids wouldn't understand that as well as the parents. So like, you know, what is that? Like, how does that work? Yeah. um, Well, the the life of a film is about five years. So usually the research part of it, and again, there's not one, every project is different, but that might be like two and a half to three years. And then we go into production for a couple of years, but every project's different. Um, I think what's really unique and what I love about working at animation is that by nature, it's a very collaborative process. We have, you know, I don't know the latest number, but over 800, 900 um, people who work at Disney animation and on the project of Ryan the Last Dragon alone, we had over 450 people wow. working to create um, what you see on screen. And, you know, we have a lot of rooms where there's a lot of people and it works with the theme of the film. Madison, I can't wait for you to see it. But trust is one of the themes of the film. And, and in a collaborative process like animation, we really trust each other that if we're pitching an idea that maybe there's another colleague in a room who could plus our idea or maybe we could think about our idea in a different way. So you have to kind of just go with collaboration, um, you know, try to just just go with it and be open to hearing a lot of different perspectives. And also, I mean, collaborating with Emiko, <laughs> I can't say enough about how how much I loved working with her. But it, it allows us to be able to look at the world in a different way and get really culturally specific for our project. It is a fantasy film, but how do we find cultural specificity? in a way that's, um, you know, that feels authentic, that feels respectful, but is collaborative with the community. Yeah. Miko, what do you say to that? Because it sounds like what Kaliko was saying is that process for her was made easier in dealing with folks like yourself. So how does that work for you? Well, I, you know, this was my first time working on a major animation film. Um, So I was kind of like had these wide eyes the whole time. It was really very exciting for me. You know, we 
we got to talk a lot with animators about how Southeast Asians move, about how we um, interact with one another, how we make eye contact or don't make eye contact. Mm, So there were a lot of conversations, lots and lots of conversations, sometimes about small things, details, sometimes about big things like the the big, big picture of the film. Um, So, you know, the collaboration really went from the very minute details to the really very deep questions and the very big picture of the film and, and what we're all, you know, trying to accomplish together. And it was amazing. I mean, it really was, I think, a, a lesson for me in trust and collaboration, because honestly, I've never worked with 400, 500, I don't know how many hundreds of people were working on a project and to see it come together was magical. Um, and it's, it's beautiful to feel like other people's skills and um, wisdom and generosity can make your ideas grow and kind of uplift those ideas. It's really beautiful. That's awesome. We'll return in just a moment. In the beginning, everyone was nice. But over time, so slowly that no one could say when it started, the fairies and the ponies got mean. Rumors spread across the land that they were to blame for various things gone wrong, things gone missing. And before you knew it, it was common knowledge that the fairies and ponies were bad. Beatrice knew this better than anyone because, although she couldn't prove it yet, she knew that the fairies and ponies had stolen her egg. And stealing a dragon's egg, in Beatrice's opinion, was going too far. But to confront them, she would need the help of a knight. To find out what happens next, please subscribe to Fairies and Dragons, Ponies and Knights on your favorite podcast player. And now back to the show. I'm writing a graphic novel. It's my first book. It's called The Magnificent Shiro's Friends Till the End. I've been fortunate to receive some great advice from my friend and mentor, New York Times bestseller author, Sarah Albee. When my dad has explained screenwriting or writing a movie, it's a completely different animal. This question is for you both. When you deal with other artists for collaboration, what is the creative process like? I thought about this a lot. This is such a great question, Madison. Thank you for bringing it up. And, you know, I thought about it. And I think for me, it comes down to just a couple of really simple things. They're they're actually not that simple. They seem simple. Um, But one is really listening to other people deeply, even when they have a different idea and trying to understand why they might have a different idea or celebrating when we agree on something. That's always really nice. Um, So really listening. And part of the process also is to be honest. And so, you know, if we trust that the other people in the room are also listening to us, then we can be honest, even if we might be a little nervous that what we're going to say might be different from what that person is planning to do or might be just a totally different perspective that they might not even agree with. So I think being able to trust that we can speak honestly um, with one another and being really willing to listen to one another is, is critical in collaboration, no matter what, what form it is. What do you think, Kaliko? I find that one thing that really um, sticks out to me in being creative, a lot of times it comes down to confidence and confidence in your voice and uh, knowing that, that you're here for a reason and that your voice needs to be heard. And so for me, a lot of the things I like to keep in mind is that like, especially when you're working with the team, everybody wants the best for you. And so it's just, you know, being courageous sometimes and saying your idea 
and um, just just seeing what happens. I think that's a big part of collaboration because if you aren't speaking your voice, if you aren't speaking up, then you can't contribute into the project and really flex your skills. So for me, that's been something I've, I've really enjoyed. And it helps when you're working with people who um, encourage that, you know, and sort of make light and and everybody's having a good time. Hope that answers that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, so I guess this question is for Amiko. So this deals with podcasting, but it also deals really more specifically with voiceover act. So I've launched a couple of podcasts, obviously this one, but I have one of my own. But the thing I've learned is that podcasting and voiceover technique, voiceover work is a very specific thing. I had to go back and kind of study like you know, the techniques and speaking and speaking for radio and have to teach her that and enunciation and things like that, right? One of the things I noticed when I looked at your bio was that your work kind of spans around the globe. You mentioned a while ago that you're Indonesian or part Indonesian or something like that. You speak Indonesian and and, and Bali and Japanese and Spanish. And I mean, just like, you know, like you're multilingual, I guess. What advice do you give kids like her, you know, that are aspiring to do what you do. They're aspiring to be a voiceover actor. They're aspiring to be able to have those opportunities to meet a Coleco and work with Disney and stuff like that. Like even it being your first go around with Disney, it's not your first go around on the big stage where you you know have to have your stuff together to even be seen. So like, what do you tell us as parents and what do you tell her as aspiring little girls out there that want to break those barriers? I think that's a really important um, question. And, you know, for me, I think one of the most important things is, is working really hard. Um, one of my voice acting teachers said, she said, you know, there may be people who are more famous than me. They might have a more beautiful voice than me. They might even have more talent than me, but no one is going to work harder than right. me. And she just like works like crazy. And on days that are challenging, I tell myself, you know, you can't control what the casting director is going to do, what the producer is going to do, what the show needs, but you can control how you work and your own work ethic. So I've really tried to to put my focus there. It really helps me just continue to move forward and find joy in my work. Um, I think continuing to learn is great. Uh, it's very inspiring for me, you know, as a voice actor or any performer, there are a lot of um, skills you have to acquire. And there are some people who are really talented at teaching. And so I think I take a lot of joy in taking lots of classes and learning from different people and learning from other voice actors. And then the other thing I would say is something that um, my husband says, it's a Balinese philosophy of, it's called gangyasa gangoda. Agang means great or large. Nyasa means um, like aspiration, right? So if you have a great aspiration or a great dream, gangoda means a great challenge. So if you have great aspirations and and big dreams, you're going to face big challenges. And that's part of what it is. So when we face a big challenge, when I'm feeling like frustrated about something, I I take a moment and think, well, this is because I have big dreams and it's not bad to have those challenges. And it means that I'm searching and I'm stretching and I'm working hard. So, you know, in those moments of disappointment to, to remind ourselves that that's part of the process and we're learning something in those moments. That's great advice. This question is for both of you. As we know, this is Women's History Month and your involvement in this movie is historic. I read that the movie highlights the friendship between the girls in a way that we don't often see on screen, almost like a buddy comedy. It seems you have become friends and that is also in the movie. In what way is girl power shown in a movie and why should girls want to go see it? 
Kalika, you should definitely start with that one. All right, I'll take it. Great question. Um, what I love about Raya and her as a character, and something that I personally really relate to, is that um, without spoiling the film, she does an act in the first act of the film that causes her to lose trust for others. And then throughout the course of the film, she meets people, she learns from them, and she also teaches herself how to regain that trust. And the fact of her doing something that changes her life, that changes the way she thinks about something, and then through the progress of growing up, meeting people, uh, learning, um, bringing down the walls, and really listening critically, she is able to, 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 to learn something new and change. I think that's something that makes her very unique and makes her relatable to me. Um, I also really love how, I mean, she's very skilled. Um, I wish I could do <laughs> all of the skills she has, particularly um, when you see the film, you'll see a lot of um, different martial arts styles. We found inspiration in different um, different uh, techniques and styles within Southeast Asia. And so personally, I think she kicks butt. <laughs> and I really love that that element about her too. What about you, Amiko? I agree with you completely. It's so awesome to watch her in action and um, watch all of the characters. But there is a really strong uh, female presence, you know? There is a lot about what we girls and what we women, you know, our strength, what we have. And, um, you know, Things aren't always perfect, but she's a pretty awesome character. She's pretty awesome. There's some really cool women in there and some really wonderful men in there, too. So yeah, don't movie. forget us, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. no. You know, <laughs> I, and I read somewhere that she has a relationship with her dad, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, you know, don't leave us your old dads out, all right? You oh, you're going to like it, too, Dad. <laughs> yeah, and we, I mean, we hope everybody relates to this in their own way, you know, like all ages, you know, yeah. girls, boys. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, my son has a favorite character, too. My 18-year-old boy has a favorite character in the film. He just keeps talking about that character. And it's so interesting how each of us connects to different characters in the film. We're excited to see it. We'll return in just a moment. Wyatt, Wyatt, guess what? What is it, Brie? I just heard this really cool ad. An ad? Don't those just exist to be annoying? Yes, but not this one. Listen! Do you want great stories for your kids? Do you want them to be fun and entertaining, all while teaching them good morals that they will take into adulthood? If so, check out Whenever Wherever Kids Podcast. Whenever Wherever Kids Podcast is a kid's story podcast that produces weekly episodes, each with a unique story and a unique moral. I've listened to some of their episodes. They have morals like good manners, generosity, forgiveness, and more. Well, how much does it cost? Nothing. It's free on every major podcasting platform. Spotify? Yep. Apple Podcasts? Of course. Even? Yes, all of them, Wyatt. They're also a part of Kids Listen, so you know they're legit. Cool. Let's give it a listen. If you want to hear great stories with morals your children will take into adulthood, go find Whenever Wherever Kids Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. Uh, Coleco, in your 10 plus years in working animation, your job has run the gamut. So you've done everything from production to story to PR to publicity. And in that time, you played a critical role in shaping the storytelling and the introduction of unique and different voices. Um, to those projects, and I guess you could say even multiculturalism. So I personally have seen Disney sort of lean into that, diversity and inclusion. And that's probably even more as of late. 
So then my question becomes, why is diversity and inclusion important to Disney? And then why is that important to you? That, that, that's a big question. Um, I think what at Disney Animation, the films, we, we know that the films that we put out in the world have the potential of um, representing, you know, because we are inspired by uh, different communities, different cultures around the world. We, we take on the responsibility and we take it very seriously of making sure that the approach that we use in our research, in the, um, the teams that we collaborate with, within our own crew, that it's done in a way that's very collaborative. And I think that's what I'm really proud of, um, having worked at Disney Animation on Moana and Frozen 2 and on Ryan the Last Dragon. You know, for me personally, um, on Moana, and I know we're talking about Raya, but, but for me personally, having been able to make an impact in the way that the world sees, um, you know, Pacific Islanders and our ability to navigate across the ocean without using any modern instruments and just all of the details in that film, including some languages that are not um, utilized that much. And, and some of our Pacific Island languages are, are actually dying. Um, being able to, to be a part of a team that puts a film that finds inspiration in these amazing cultures into the world is something that I think allows all of us to look at each other and, and to see Pacific Islanders, but, but look at each other and see the commonalities between us and um, you know, some of the things that we deal with, the, the universality of our experiences to help us um, connect more deeply with each other. Um, May I interject for a second? Because sure. you're mentioning Pacific Islanders, but the audience doesn't know that you are a Pacific Islander and you're actually in Hawaii right now. So I wanted to <laughs> kind of point that out because we we had talked about it beforehand, but the audience doesn't know that. So that's an important point to, you know, to bring forward um, because then it really speaks to you have more insight into that Moana universe, I guess you could say, than other filmmakers or other people that were part of the collaborative process. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm indigenous, um, Kanaka Maoli, native Hawaiian. I was born and raised here. I, I live in Santa Monica. Um, but I think, I think because animation is so collaborative and because we build everything from scratch, there really is this desire, the research to collaborate from the very beginning in the creation of our stories. So it's not just a matter of applying a cultural... Um, just like paint, you know, but it really from, from within the cultural inspiration is there because we're learning from the people, from the communities and we're going to the places and we're, we're doing our best. Um, yeah, I think that it, it definitely does help me bring a unique lens, but in a case like Ryan, the last dragon, being able to collaborate as deeply as we have with the community and, and listen, as Amiko said, that that's going to be my word of this, listen critically and be able to, to hear, um, the cultural nuance and the philosophies and the things that sort of drive the story and shape the story that you might not be able to see by looking at the design of a character, but you'll be able to feel in that character's essence. Um, I don't know, Amiko, if you have, <laughs> I see you nodding. I think, no, I think that's so well said. I think that's a really, I think that's very well said. And I do think, um, Kaliko, that your experience working on Moana, I mean, maybe you're just a very empathetic person, but I know everyone in my family always felt very much um, like we could speak honestly to you, we could say anything to you, and that you would really listen and you would respect that we had that perspective. And even if it was something that was different from what was going on, um, we always felt like you created a space for us that felt very safe. And I hate to use that word because it's a little bit overused, but it really was, you know, like sometimes Asian people can be a little bit reserved, not to like generalize, but I'll just say Indonesians because I don't want to speak for everybody, but um, 
we can be a little bit like, you know, we don't want to tell everybody all of our secrets. Right. And, and I feel like you were always very open hearted and, and that's part of why we always spoke so openly. Uh, that's awesome. It sounds like you guys have a great relationship and it, it shows. I mean, it really shows. <laughs> You're almost like sisters or cousins or something. I know, you know? I feel like we <laughs> might as well be. I know, I feel like that. <laughs> I recently watched the Cinderella version with Brandy. It was nice to see a live action movie where the princess looked like me. Of course, this movie was before my time, so thanks to see Plus for bringing it back. I remember the princess and the frog, which was good, but it wasn't live action. Do you think there'll be any more of these types of movies in the works at Disney given the popularity of authentic characters these days? So I guess that's to you, Coleco. She's basically she was excited to see uh, Brandy's version of Cinderella. I watched it with her, even though I'm old and I remember almost every detail of it. You know, to her it was brand new. So she's like, "Well, why aren't they doing any more of these, Daddy?" I'm like, "I don't know. That's a great question for Coleco. So I ask her. <laughs> she, has, she has insight, you know. I know, and I'm so sorry to disappoint, but I don't have the <laughs> the insight to to the live action. Um, we're all different. We're all separate studios, but uh, I would venture to guess um, that there are a lot of um, th- there's a lot more storytelling to be had. That's my guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was um, I mean, it was such an impactful movie for its time, you know, and then you fast forward it, everything we're dealing with today. It's like, you know, it's still relevant. That's the funniest thing. So this has been an amazing opportunity for Madison, for us, one she's going to remember for the rest of her life. And thank you for that. I really do appreciate that. So my last question is going to be, what would you want to say or what would you want young girls to take away from this movie? And then the follow up to that would be, we're talking to an eight year old right here. What words of encouragement would you offer to your eight year old self if you could look back and speak to her at this time? Start with Amiko. That's uh, <laughs> there's so many things I would say. Um, you know, when I was your age, Madison, there were definitely no Southeast Asian princesses. There were no films about Asian people. There were very few films. I mean, were there even films about Black people that talked about like a lot. <laughs> Black lives as Black people experience? I mean, I, I don't think so. Yeah. And I can say as an Asian girl growing up, it was like there was nothing there. And that was, I mean, I guess I didn't realize it at the time, but that was kind of hurtful. And, and, and I never dreamed that this kind of project would happen. And I never dreamed I would be involved in it. And I, I didn't start by saying like, I want to do a Disney thing. I actually kind of felt like, oh, there's never going to be anything in Disney for someone like me. But I just kept doing things that I loved. And, and even though they were challenging, like music and dance, it was challenging. And um, sometimes I, I wasn't ever sure. I wasn't sure exactly where I was going, but I tried to work with teachers with integrity who had good hearts. I tried to, to be with people who had good hearts. I tried to work hard. and. And I just realized that sometimes we might think something's impossible, but it might happen and we might be part of it. And so just like, don't give up, you know, keep doing your good work. You have something special that no one else can bring. And I guess that would be maybe the thing, you know, even though we see other people doing things and it seems like they know what they're doing or it seems like they're more successful, you have something inside your heart that no one else has and the world needs to have that. And you can bring that to the world. And that is a gift. Wow. Wow. Well said. Kaliko? Oh, my gosh, Amiko. <laughs> can I follow that? Um, <laughs> Tough to follow, well, right? <laughs> Madison, I think it's amazing that you have this podcast. 
and that you're you're out there and you're meeting people and you're talking to people on this platform. I mean, as an eight-year-old, I don't know that I would have been able to actually do something like this. So you've got a lot of courage. And, um, you know, looking back for me, I just, when, when I was younger, again, like Amiko, I, I had never imagined, I, I was very, I was very inspired by, you know, some of the Disney films and, and, and media and entertainment performances and dance, but I didn't ever really think about this as being um, a journey for me. I actually have a background in law. And so even as an adult, you know, in my like mid twenties shifting and thinking, Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe I can think about the way that I utilize all the skill sets I've learned over the years and my inclination in, for creativity to help support voices and storytelling that's inclusive and that represents our communities and that inspires the next generation of storytellers. Um, and so I guess, yeah, my, my biggest thing is it, they say a lot of times the path is nonlinear, particularly in entertainment. And it's going back to what Amiko said. So it's just a matter of remembering that you're awesome. And every day telling yourself how awesome you are and believing in your voice and remembering that your voice is important and to use your voice. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you hit it on the head. I mean, you know, I really appreciate the words of encouragement because, I mean, you know, I try, you know, I try my best with her and she does a great job. And I know yeah. she's tired of daddy leaning on her sometimes. But <laughs> like you said a, mo- a moment ago, Miko, it's like I tell her, like, just keep doing your best, you know. Just keep doing your best. Keep doing your best. You'll shine. You'll get seen. You'll get opportunities. But the other side of it is, guess what? Nobody gets there on their first try, 10th try, 100th try. Like you just have to keep going. You just have to keep digging, you know? So that's those are things I, I try to encourage her to you know, kind of look at. Yeah, that's great. And I'm looking forward to the graphic novel. Oh, yeah. Be able to see that. <laughs> yeah. That's so exciting. she's really naturally shy. So to have her own with two of you, two of you all at the same time is, uh, you know, that was a little bit to, to overcome. So that's the reason why I'm <laughs> here with her. But I mean, I'm really? shy too. So thanks for, for, for interviewing us. Thanks for meeting us. <laughs> Miss Nika and Miss Haliko, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much, Madison. I look forward to getting a chance to watch this movie this weekend. I hope this interview helps spread the word about the movie. But even more than that, I hope it inspires other young girls out there like me to go out and be creative too. I wish you both continued success in whatever you do. And please, don't be strangers to the show. Thank you so much, Madison. I definitely will be following what you're doing. Well, thank you ladies so much and goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye. A special thank you to our friends at Disney for approving our request and allowing us to interview our new friends, the wonderful filmmakers of Raya and the Last Dragon. Hey, go out and support the movie in theaters today, or you can purchase it on Disney+. Plus. Thanks! Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the show. I never want to take you for granted, so just know it means a lot. Now... People are asking, where can they find my stuff? If you're looking for the coolest tees, hoodies, accessories, and more, you can just go to shopmadisonlauren.com and you will find everything there. Now, do me a favor and take a moment to hit the subscribe button under this episode or video. That way, you'll be notified when each new episode comes out. And if you enjoyed the show, kindly leave us a 5-star rating and a short review if you have time. This lets other moms and dads know 
They too should download it for their munchkins. <laughs> okay, on that note, I'm out. Thank you for listening to All Things Madison. Kindly take a moment to subscribe, leave a comment, and rate the show so that our participating partners know you are following along. You can get your Madison Lauren graphic tees at shopmadisonlauren.com or follow her YouTube channel at All Things Madison. This production was brought to you by Infinity Global Media Group, LLC. Contact us at smith.durante at gmail.com for bookings or more information. Music